welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you saw me before, no, you didn't. Um, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Um, subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. If you're watching, hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel. Coming up on the show today, it is NFL Power Rankings Day, and we look at how the Texas Rangers were built. Um, as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. I love doing these, love hanging out with you guys, talking sports. Find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at Yahoo.com. Um, full disclosure, taking this on, on Tuesday, um, with the Flames taking on the Nashville Predators as you are consuming this tonight, um, I'm going to be doing a game over, and that's just a long day of doing stuff. So, uh, kind of mass-producing stuff. Because also, uh, tomorrow's episode is being taped today on Tuesday, um, uh, just so that we can do what the plan is for Tuesday, or for Thursday, which is the Instant Reaction podcasts coming out after the Lions and Packers, um, the Commanders and the Cowboys, and the 49ers and the Seahawks. Looking to do Instant Reaction podcast for each one of the Thanksgiving Day games. So that is what is coming up today. Um, also, find me on Game Over tonight, like I just said, um, and you can find me on Sports at 960 The Fan coming up um, for the rest of the week. So that is what is coming up. Let's get into some NFL power rankings. It is week 12 in the NFL, and we got the same team at the bottom. It is the Carolina Panthers as the worst team in the league. There have been some signs, but not many. This is a team that has several, several, several needs to build around their young quarterback and Bryce Young. And I will admit, there are some aspects of Bryce Young's game that concern me. I don't like the throwing motion. He holds the ball way too quick, or holds the ball way too long. He is not quick enough in the pocket. He... Um, just doesn't seem to anticipate very well. And I feel like it's just like, all right, one, two, three on the drop and set. All right, what's going on that? There's no anticipation. There's no urgency. That's the word I'm looking for. There's no urgency in the pocket when it comes to Bryce Young's game. And that needs to change at 31. It is the new England Patriots. Uh, they're, they're just a dreadful football team. We'll see what they do at the quarterback spot between, uh, Mac Jones and, and Bailey Zappi, but it doesn't matter that this is, it's a bad, it's a bad football team. The offense is bad. The defense is better. Um, and the coaching is terrible. So that's, that's great. Um, at number 30, it is Chicago. They hung with Houston, or, uh, Detroit this week. So that's something, I guess. But it's it's gone bad out in Chicago. But Justin Fields back. We'll see now what they're able to, to do. Can they build some momentum with this offense and actually see what they have in this team going forward? At 29, it's Arizona. Look, they have been battling. They haven't been as bad as we thought. Um, and Kyler Murray coming back is really, really interesting now with this team. I was talking about it with the, the 960 guys this week. Um, for Arizona now, you, you have a couple of choices. You, you either have Kyler Murray or you draft a young quarterback and you hope they turn into Kyler Murray, right? Like that's, that's basically what it is. And I get that you, you are resetting things salary cap wise and you can build your team out a little bit more if you don't have Kyler Murray's giant contract on the books. But I just, I don't think that this is, I don't think that this is a spot where Arizona needs to be drafting quarterbacks. I think they need players around this player now to, to help build this team back to where they were a couple of years ago. At 28, it's the New York Giants. Again, things have gone bad there. Yes, they get a win against Washington. The defense, the defense should be better and it's not, but We'll we'll see what the, where they go, but it's just I, like I, I feel like I'm repeating myself 
excuse me, a lot. This is a bad football team. There's a lot of bad football teams in the NFL. Like, New Orleans is 12th on this list. 12th. This is just a bad league right now. It really, really is. It's not fun. But we keep watching it because it's the NFL and because you get nights like you had on Monday with the two of the top teams in the league in a dramatic game. Uh, they keep bringing you back in, but there's a lot of... And the New York Giants are definitely in it. So our bottom five this week, the Giants, Arizona, Chicago, New England, and Carolina. Uh, just ahead of them, the Green Bay Packers. They get a win over the LA Chargers. That, uh, to quote Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. Jordan Love has been a bit better. This defense came up with a couple of big plays, but also they got helped out by the Chargers charging in this game. So I'm not buying what th this is with the, the Giant or with the, the Packers. It kind of feels like it's a full start over out in Green Bay. At 26, we have Atlanta. They didn't play this week. They were on the bye. Um, but again, like this is this is a team that has more talent than than this spot. And there's a couple of these teams that that should be higher up, right? We thought Chicago would be better. Um, and Atlanta falls into this area 100% as, like, they have, I think, some talented pieces there. I think they have a dreadful coach and a bad quarterback, and that's a really difficult combination to win with. So that is where they are stuck right now um, out in Atlanta. At 25, it's the Jets. They got shit-whipped this week by Buffalo. And like I said, this was the breaking point for the New York Jets this week. This was the week where it kind of all falls down now for New York. It's the the quarterback situation is just not good without Aaron Rodgers there. Zach Wilson so clearly isn't it. Uh Boyle definitely isn't it. Semyon definitely isn't it. Um like the, the the options they have are not winning options. And I I do have a couple questions about this roster like the, the offense Brees Hall is very good. Uh Garrett Wilson is very good. Aside from that there's not a whole lot else, right? Like um, that there's just not much there that you feel confident with on the, the offense. Like that they, they are, I, I think a year away. And I think that there needs to be some growth here in New York. And that's what you're looking for over the next few weeks. At 24, it's the commanders. That was a really, really bad loss. Just when you're starting to believe a little bit in Sam Howell, they go out and do that. Like that, that is one of the worst losses this season. That That's just, it's a game you can't have, man. And they... They did, and it, it leaves you questioning a lot of things out in Washington. At 23, it's the Raiders. They hung with Miami. Uh, they were able to slow that offense down a little bit, but it's still, it's a flawed football team. At 22, the Indianapolis Colts, they had the week off. Um, but again, with Gardner Minshew at the quarterback spot, there are pieces on this team that you like, that there really, really are. You need to figure out what's going on with quarterback, and there, there's definitely some upgrades that you could have there. At 21, it's the Tennessee Titans. They're playing for next year. They got just annihilated by Jacksonville this week. That's That was a rough one for the Tennessee Titans, and that was definitely the, okay, this is over um, moment out there in Tennessee. Um, and we'll, we'll see where they build now. I think you, you have at least something in Will Levis. Um, that offensive line needs vast improvements and that needs to be something that happens, I think pretty quickly with this team to know what you have in Levis, um, Spears and Burks, this kind of next era of the Tennessee Titans at number 20. It is Minnesota, a tough loss on Monday or on, on Sunday night against the Denver Broncos, but they're at least progressing with some things, getting Justin Jefferson back. Maybe this team is a playoff team in the NFC. At 19, it is the Denver Broncos with that win. Like I I've said during the, the breakdown of that game, I don't buy what the Broncos are selling. They have not looked impressive to me for one moment, and yet here they stand on the cusp of a playoff spot. I don't get it. 
at uh, 18, it is the LA Rams. That was a fine win against Seattle. Not overly impressive, but they get the job done. At 17, it's the Chargers. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm done. It's it. The, the coaching's bad. The the players I do think need to be held accountable for this a little bit more. Um, like Justin Herbert is quite good, but it needs to show up at some point. Um, you you have talented players around him, but they need to to actually execute. Like there's just so much going wrong with this Chargers team. It has to be frustrating for this group. Like the, the coach isn't good. There's no question the coach isn't good. But the execution from the players out there, these talented players, like. Staley didn't go out there and drop that pass for Johnson. Staley didn't go out there and drop that touchdown pass for, for Keenan Allen. Um, now, he has not put them in the best spots to, to succeed, I will grant you. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm over it. I'm officially over it with this LA Chargers team. At 16, it is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, no Geno Smith is, could be a real problem. But even with him, this offense was not clicking this season. At 15, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they held with San Francisco. Um, and that was impressive. Like, the defense gave up a perfect passer rating to, to Brock Purdy, but who hasn't, really? Um, like, they're, they're fine. And I, I think still have a chance to make a run in the NFC South. At 14, it's Pittsburgh. That was just ugly, man. Like, you should not be losing to that Cleveland Browns team with the quarterbacks that they have there. Uh, speaking of them, they're 13th on this list. Like, there's just so much bad in the NFL right now. And they're they're one of them. Um, so that is a, a team that is absolutely... A, a tough one to watch and will probably start to, to falter here as as this goes along. But for right now, they are a team that I, I think you do... There, there is at least a little bit there that you, you have to kind of take seriously because of how good this defense is. Um, at number 12, it is New Orleans. Not a whole lot to say uh, that they were off this week, but they they get boosted because that defense is good and there's weapons you like on the offense, um, and there's just not a whole lot of great teams out there right now. At 11, it's Cincinnati. That's a bit of a drop, um, and I think they're going to continue to drop with, with Joe Burrow now done for the season. At 10, it's the Houston Texans getting the job done. It wasn't pretty. You would have liked it to be a bit more convincing given the quality of the opposition this week, but they go out and they get the job done, and now they have a massive game with the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up this Sunday. Um, speaking of Jacksonville, they are at nine and they seem to have got back on track this week with a, a big win there over the Tennessee Titans at eight. It's Detroit, um, needed a, a big boost late to, to beat, um, Chicago. I'm still not taking this team seriously. Like I said before, every team we mention from here on in can pass on these guys. And I think would have a ton of success on, uh, over Detroit, um, Buffalo at number seven. I actually, um, Thought about moving them even down after that win, but it, it's nice to see that offense put up a, a strong showing against the New York Jets. At six, it is Baltimore. Uh, they, they squeak away with a win on Thursday Night Football. At five, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, dominant defensive performance against Carolina. At four, you have Miami. At three, it is Kansas City. Two, San Francisco. And number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. I raced through those because it was all kind of the same as last week. Miami... Um, the, a, a win over the Raiders isn't going to move you up in the power rankings, but I'm probably not going to drop you. Kansas City, I'm not going to drop them below Miami right now, um, given how well Kansas City played against the Dolphins. And, like, the, the, the receiver thing is a big problem in Kansas City, but you still have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Uh, at two, San Francisco, like, they just played a perfect game. But for, for Philadelphia to beat Kansas City, how do you not put them as the number one team? in the NFL. You just have to. So those are your power rankings coming out of week 11 in the NFL. Let's get to some baseball.
Every time a team wins a championship in the four major sports, we're gonna do a run through of how they built that championship team. And the Texas Rangers get that treatment today as they are World Series champions. So we look at the how. How did they build this championship team? Um, well, we'll start with the two big ones, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. They've signed them both in the same free agent class. Um, an aggressive move on a team that had just lost 110 games, on a team that wasn't ready. But they said, look, we will be ready in the time of this contract. And I, I think that is really an interesting way of doing business. And I wonder if more teams will start to do it because it obviously worked and it attract, like it, it shows you are ready to win and it attracts more people to your place. Now, could Kansas City do that? Probably not. Being the Texas Rangers, I think helps that a little bit. Being in a, a place like Texas does help, right? Um, I know when you think of Texas teams, you think of Houston first, but I, I think that the Rangers being in a, a warmer climate and a nicer place to live can help that. But um, I, I think a lot of times you want to maximize the the, the, the the strong years, so you have to be good right away to, to justify the big contracts for these guys because you know down the line it, it's probably going to falter. A, I think both these guys are going to be productive enough into their later years Seager, there's injury problem or injury concerns, but um, that there is, I, I think, at least enough with these two guys that they're they're going to be fine down the road, and it kind of lets some of these young prospects they're excited about catch up. So it, it, a really interesting way of doing things. It also helps when you get your best power hitter for basically free, as the Texas Rangers purchased the contract of Adelis Garcia from the St. Louis Cardinals. They had waived Garcia, and then St. Louis claims him and just basically like, here you want him back, and basically sold him to the, the Texas Rangers, and now American League Championship Series MVP. Uh, Jonah Heim is acquired from Oakland, w along with Dave Acker and Chris Davis, uh, KRS Davis, for Elvis Andrus, uh, Aramis Garcia, and Cash. Um, that, that trade was not that long ago for Elvis Andrus to be involved in it. Um, but Jonah Heim, like, that, that is a big boost for um, Texas behind the plate. Uh, Pop from behind the plate as well. Defensively, he, he showed up a little bit as well. Um, to, to get that in a, we're kind of done with Elvis Andrews and we're moving on type of a deal is a, a real, I think, real, real strong move for this team. Uh, Leody Tavares, a amateur free agent at the age of 17 years old out of the Dominican. Nathaniel Lowe acquired in a deal with Tampa Bay for three minor leaguers. It's not often you straight up win a deal against the Tampa Bay Rays, but that was a straight up win for the Texas Rangers. Three minor leaguers who haven't turned in anything yet um, for Nathaniel Lowe, who was a... He, he struggled at times in the playoffs, but they don't get here without Nathaniel Lowe in the regular year. Uh, Josh Young, First round pick, eighth overall in 2019. Um, Mitch Garver acquired from Minnesota for Ronnie Hernandez and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I've said it before, I'm just wrong on IKF. I, I thought that there was a lot there with that player, and there just isn't. Um, and so to, to get Mitch Garver, who was, again, a nice bit of pop in this lineup for a, a player who maybe was overvalued a little bit, certainly by me um, and maybe by the Twins, I, I think... Smart, smart GMing there. Uh, you get Evan Carter. He was a second-round pick in 2020. Um, Travis Jan um, Jankowski, a free agent signing in 2023. A little bit of outfield depth there. Ezekiel Duran, acquired from the Yankees for Joey Gallo. Duran played 122 games this season. I think that'd be a trade the Yankees would want back. Duran, a part of this team in the regular season, helping to them to get to the, the World Series. Joey Gallo, uh, not a Yankee anymore. Nathaniel Lowe was a free agent signing. Uh, Dane Dunning acquired from the White Sox for Lance Lynn. 
Uh, Jordan Montgomery, a 2023 trade deadline acquisition from St. Louis. Andrew Heaney, a 2022 free agent signing. Um, you get Jose Leclerc, an international free agent signing all the way back in 2010. Um, and that one has paid off. Max Scherzer, a trade deadline acquisition from the Mets. Uh, Martin Perez, a 2022 free agent signing. Um, Josh Boers was acquired from the Dodgers for a minor league player. And Will Smith was a free agent signing. And so you look at this team and... I don't know what the, the actionable thing is. Like, this isn't a draft and develop team, right? Like, there are there are prospects coming, and that's why they felt comfortably, comfortable being able to do this, because you can get, you, you have some of these guys who are younger on smaller contracts, so you can go out and, and load up. I don't want to say stars and scrubs, because these players aren't scrubs. But what what really helped this team is just smart GMing, right? Like, you win the Nathaniel Lowe trade. You win that Lance Lynn trade, bringing in Dane Dunning. Um aggressive moves at the deadline when you see that it's there, right? Like this wasn't a team like, yeah, well, we have Eovaldi. We, we, we can, we can kind of like, we, we lost, we lost Jake DeGrom, but we can, we can piece it together. No, that this team saw that they had something and they were aggressive for it. Evan Carter's 21 years old, but they saw he was ready. They saw he could con contribute now. So he contributed now. That was, I think what the Texas Rangers and what teams can take from this is that they recognized they were in a position to win and did everything they could to do that. This was a team that was constantly looking to improve themselves. Whether it was the big free agent signings of Simeon and Seeger, or then going out and getting Nate Eovaldi, going out, um, Andrew Heaney threw 147 innings for this team. He wasn't a big factor in the postseason, but he was a factor in the regular season. Um... Going out, go out and get Will Smith at the deadline. Get Jordan Montgomery. Guy was your ace in the the postseason. Like this was just a team that they have some young pieces that they can build around for sure. But this was a team that saw that they were in a position to compete for a division title and then hope you can get into the World Series from there. And they did everything they could to do that. Smart moves in free agency. Like it's one thing to say spend. Right, but we, we've talked about before. We talked about the Yankees on the show that, that you guys listened to yesterday, where like they they have made some moves in free agency, but they like they've spent big on the wrong thing, and a lot of times the Yankees have been able to outspend that, but they they, they weren't able to. Um, and again, it's not like Texas is batting a thousand on this. Jake Degrom, um, that doesn't look great early on, given his injury issues in the past, and now he's injured again, but. It was smart free agent moves. You knew, like, Simeon is a pro that you want around your young players. Seager, a former World Series MVP already, and has the capability of being the best or second best player in baseball. Um, it, it was just a matter of keeping him healthy. And so that is, it, it's a risk they took with DeGrom and it didn't pay off. It's a risk that I think was worth it with Seager. And it has absolutely paid off. So it was not just spending big, but spending big in the right spots and then recognizing what you have and continuing to improve on it. And now they have a pretty good pipeline coming in. This looks like a Rangers team that could be good for a while because of just that, that, that cycle of guys that, that can come in. And when some of these pitchers age out, they, they'll have some kids who can come in and backfill for them. When Seager and Simeon start to get a little bit old, they got some young kids who can come in and offset some of the cost and move those players to spots where they can be, uh, I think, maximized a little bit more. So this was a really great job of big market team building by the Texas Rangers that now has them as World Series champions.
That's going to do it for the show. Thank you so much. Again, as you're listening to this, it's Wednesday. Later tonight, it is the Calgary Flames taking on the Nashville Predators. I will be on Game Over once that game wraps up, um, breaking it all down. And then I'll be breaking it down even further tomorrow morning on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. That's where I am on Thursday and Friday. Also, coming up this Friday, from the Legion downtown on the train line, um, I'm going to be part of Wild Rose Wrestling one more time. It's the season finale for Wild Rose Wrestling. Um, it's going to be a great show. Chris Bay from Bullet Club um, from Impact Wrestling is going to be on this show. Mo Jabari, fresh off of a, a time with um, NWA Power, is going to be on this show, as well as the Prophets, um, who, like, you got to check these guys out. They are a tag team to watch on the Alberta wrestling scene. Uh, so a lot to, to check out from me coming up this weekend. Thank you all so much. Um, just a quick thank you to everyone who wished me happy birthday yesterday. And uh, yeah, follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook. That's going to do it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll talk quarterbacks tomorrow here on Couch Potato Diary. Have a good day, everybody.